Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. It's been roughly 48 hours since the 2019 NFL Draft ended, and even though we spent all weekend behind the mic, I felt that really, in order to complete our draft coverage, we needed to have a quick show on this year's Undrafted Free Agents. Now, I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and I want to thank you for joining us. Today, my co-host is our draft guy, Steve Letizia. And Steve, before we dive right into the UDFAs, I must know, and yes, I am actually going to put you on the spot here. What's going to be your instant grade of Ryan Pace's 2019 draft class? Okay, so the instant grade, I'd say it's something like a B to B plus. I think I gave Riley Ridley a B plus, and I think uh, I think that's fair for the entire entire draft. I got an instant contributor in uh, Montgomery, so that was a great pick. That would have been an A, and I think the rest of the class was a solid B. Plus, so I think he did a good job with the limited picks that he had. Yeah, and as you know, Steve, the grades that you put out today are the official ones. It's, it doesn't take like three exactly. years to evaluate any draft class. No, not at all. So it's a B, B plus, and that's the end of that conversation. <laughs> all right, that sounds great to me. But as you know, today's kind of uh, focus is going to be on those undrafted free agents and the Bears. Sure. They said they were going to bring in nineteen. You and I counted. We see twenty-one guys all with high roster hopes. Some most definitely have higher chances than the rest. But I just wanted to kind of just name the group. That way everyone knows all these names and their positions. So on offense, you have wide receiver Emmanuel Hall out of Missouri, wide receiver Thomas Ives out of Colgate, tight end Ian Bunting out of Cal, tight end Dex Raymond, someone I've mentioned on the pod in the past, out of Utah State, tight end Ellis Richardson out of Georgia Southern, and then looking at the offensive line, you have a guard in Alex Bars in Notre Dame. His counterpart, uh, the center from Notre Dame, Sam Mustafer, or Mustafer. A guard, Blake Blackmar from Baylor. Another guard, Marquez Tucker out of Utah. And a tackle from Ohio University named Joe Lowry. On defense, you have defensive lineman Matthew Betts from the French-Canadian New League. Defensive lineman Jonathan Harris out of Lindenwood. Defensive line Lawrence Marshall out of Michigan. 
DN Dylan Carroll from Grand Valley State. Defensive end Chuck Harris out of Buffalo. Khalil Max alma mater. Defensive back Clifton Duck. I know that you're a fan of that name, Steve, and he's from Appalachian <laughs> State. DB Adarius Pickett from UCLA. DB Joshua Simmons from Limestone. Safety Jordan Powell from Widener University. And then on special teams, you got a kicker, John Barron II from South Dakota State University. And a long snapper, John Wordle from Kansas. A lot of names, a lot of people as the Bears try to round out that 90-man roster heading into the offseason, or the next portion, I should say, or the next phase of the offseason. And Steve, you and I said this right before we went live. There's no way in heck we're going to sit here and really discuss each and every one of these players. But I think a great place for you and I to start here is by sharing our absolute favorite prospect out of the bunch. And I want you to go ahead and kick things off. All right. So my favorite prospect, and it's it's not really that close. This guy, I think, was the best undrafted free agent we signed. And that's going to be Alex Bars out of Notre Dame. Um, I like him. He's got really good size, 6'6", 312 pounds. So he's got... Prototypical size for the position. Uh, he's got positional flexibility. So he played um, left guard last season, right guard the season before, and then right tackle uh, as a as a sophomore. So he's played all along the offensive line, so I like that. Uh, he's really powerful at the point of attack. Um, he's good rotational strength to move defenders off their spots and open up holes for running backs. Uh, he's used in a variety of different ways. He's used as a, as a pulling guard uh, a lot, both on long poles and also pin poles, which are pulling to the play side. Um, and then he also has a good anchor against bull rushes, but, uh, um, so he's, he's very stout, very powerful. Uh, and then he also has the quickness to stay in front of three techniques. So he kind of, kind of brings everything to the table. The only question marks on him really, um, is, is his injury concerns. He did tear his ACL and MCL in the fifth game of the season last season. So he has that going against him. He probably won't play this year, uh, most likely, uh, but a medical redshirt year for him, um, will be fine. And then. He can kind of get into the house hall, get with in the weight room, get with um, Harry Highstand, get with the doctors, and then maybe take over for Kyle Long after this next, after this season. Interesting. A little peek behind the curtain for our listeners. I had you and I kind of tear our guys off a little bit, the top guy, a couple mid-range guys, and then some deep sleepers. And Alex Bars did fall in my mid-range. He just wasn't my top overall guy that I'm excited about, but he was number two on my mm-hmm. list. So I think it's worth me kind of chiming in here because you mentioned uh, it's going to be a redshirt year for him because of that knee injury. And you had a great analysis yeah. of exactly of what he brings to the table. But getting that Harry Heastan kind of connection reestablished because the two do have ties going back to Notre Dame. And I'm curious your thoughts on here because obviously that relationship probably loomed large as Bars made the decision to come to Chicago. Don't you agree that this is probably Bars' best situation possible of making an NFL roster, sticking through, and having a career? Because anywhere else, they're t- you know they're taking a chance, but they don't know much about him. But Harry Heastan, he understands who Bars is, is not just of a player, uh, but also a person. And on top of that, understands the potential that he really does possess because he did have hand-on experience before that injury. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the big reason why he's here, and I think that's a why the Bears were interested in him. And I think that's a big reason why he was interested in the Bears was was Harry. So, um, yeah, that familiar, familiarity with his you know blocking style, coaching technique was. Well, he had to be a huge factor. Um, and the Bears are lucky to get him because he's, he's a good player. He is. I mean, he was a day early day two talent before that injury. Mm-hmm. He saw grades on uh, anywhere from like second to third round on him before that injury. And obviously uh, the injury is pretty severe to kind of ward some teams off in the draft, but also when you're drafting 
especially offensive linemen. I think that's a position that's tough to take a chance on someone with an injury where you know you can pick them up as an undrafted guy, just like what the Bears did. The Bears didn't target that position throughout the draft, but they get a very quality player here. And the question is the knee. If the knee can hold up, and I believe mm-hmm. that with a year off, uh, without having any pressure to play due to the Bears situation with all the depth they currently have, if you're projecting forward, this is a kid that you can really envision, like you said, maybe taking over, maybe starting within a year or two. And for me, that's why I'm very right. excited about him. Yeah, and I'm not too concerned about the knee. I mean, obviously, anytime you have a serious knee injury, there's a, some concern. But he's not one of got a guy who had a lot of nagging injuries over the course of his, year, of his career. He had the well, he had two actual freak injuries, the ACL this year, and then uh, I think, believe it, when he was either a freshman or sophomore, he also had a, a bad ankle injury. But it was more of a freak injury than a lingering type thing. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned. Once he, he'll have a year to recover, and then after that, he should be good to go. Absolutely, and it's well worth the risk. And there's like actually at mm-hmm. this point, there's minimal, if any, risk at all. So it's well worth a shot. And again, the Harry Heastan connection to me makes all the sense in the world to give this kid the best shot possible to succeed in the NFL. Yeah. All right, so I got a couple. Go, uh, yeah, go for it. Oh, I just have a couple uh, good stats I want to uh, share on bars. I probably should share in the beginning, but here we go. <laughs> uh, so over the last two seasons, when he was a guard, so after he switched from tackle back to guard, uh, he committed a penalty on only 0.5 percent of his snaps. He gave up a pressure on only 2.3 percent of his snaps, and gave up a sack on only 0.4 percent of his snaps. So he's a guy who was ultra productive in college, and I, and that goes a lot uh, in saying how how he can transition to the pros. So. They got a good one in, in Alex. Wow, that's some incredible stats. Good. Like, like you said, maybe bring him up sooner next time. But other than that, great stats. Yeah. All right, so for me, I want to kind of – I'm sticking with the offense here. And, again, I had a hunch that maybe you would – you love Lyman. You love breaking down, you know, the players in the trenches, both sides of the ball. And I had a hunch that you maybe would go bars. So, for me, I am switching to another offensive position. I'm looking at tight end, and it's going to be the guy I mentioned already on the previous podcast during our instant our reaction shows throughout draft weekend, and that's going to be Dax Raymond because I already said it. He's like a Trey Burton. He's that do-it-all tight end that can line up anywhere on the field. He has that separation quickness to beat linebackers in man coverage, the speed to run away from defenders after they catch. Really, uh, what I saw as well, that he can be effective in the tight end screen game, something we saw plenty out of Matt Nagy last season. And Raymond, he does have some work, obviously. I mean, he's an undrafted free agent. But uh, he needs to work on his route running, uh, being a little bit more consistent as a run blocker, blocker. But even though there were spurts in which he looked really strong in that regard as well, uh, he's known for having a high level of tuss- toughness, being very physical. And that combination with his length and his build, to me, um, it seems like he's going to be a lock to maybe uh, make the roster, but my lock is going to be practice squad as a minimum this year for Raymond. And if the Bears want to keep four tight, end, tight ends, again, I think he's going to be probably the first in line to be that fourth tight end on the roster. And Steve, uh, spoiler alert, I know you have Raymond somewhere on your list as well, so it might be a good mm-hmm. time. Do you have any interesting stats to start off? Well, something uh, about him, one of the reasons he probably won undrafted that I found out today was um, – He's he's going to be 25 as a rookie. So he had he had he went to Utah State. He had out of high school. He went on a Mormon mission trip. So he didn't start playing collegiate football until he was 20 years old. So that's kind of interesting. That is one of the reasons he's he went undrafted. I don't know if that's really a downside in terms of his of the player he can be. But you know, teams just favor younger prospects. So mm-hmm. if that's one of his biggest weaknesses, that's going to be fine. Anything else you wanted to mention about Raymond at all that maybe I didn't? Um, you, I mean, you pretty much covered it. He's, he's a smooth athlete. Um, 
natural body control. Uh, he's he's really good after the catch. Was something I liked about him a lot. Um, I saw a stat about fifty percent of his yards this season came after the catch. Um, so you, as you said in the screen game, they can get him involved that way. Um, so yeah, I think you you covered it pretty well. Um, yeah, I'm excited about Raymond as well. Great. Now, perhaps, again, like I said, maybe we're going to see him in a game this year. And speaking of Bears games, I really do want to see them in person at least once this year, and I'm sure you do too. And if you need tickets for that or anything else, just make sure to check out our show sponsor, SeatGeek, because there are a bunch of big companies that have been around forever, but they really don't care about making the experience easier for the customer. But what all of us here at the Chicago Audible have really enjoyed about SeatGeek over the years is just how easy to use their app is and how they tailor the experience based of our, off of our interest. Plus, to make sure that you don't miss out on any event that you may want to attend. Again, I keep getting notifications from uh, them about Bears tickets because I'm looking into them. And every time the average price drops by like 10% or if they raise, they let me know. That way I'm keeping tabs, keeping updated on the trends for the Bears season tickets so far this year. And SeatGeek is a ticket company where the customer comes first with more than 50,000 five-star reviews in the App Store. SeatGeek is focused on making your experience as easy as possible. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets from all over the web, rates each sale on a scale of 1 to 10, and displays them in an interactive seat map. Actually, if you click on a ticket, what's really cool is they give you a photo of what that, that where that view is of that section, which, of course, is very convenient if you're trying to gauge exactly what type of view uh, you're getting there. So it's really simple to find what you're looking for. Green dots are the good deals, and the red dots are the tickets that are just simply overpriced. And the best part of all is that our listeners get $10 off their SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek supports our show, so go support them because they support us. Use our promo code BEARS for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. You can use that for concert tickets, sports, comedy, whatever you want. Remember that promo code, BEARS, B E. A-R-S, for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All righty, you're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. This is your host, Will DeWitt. I'm joined by Steve Letizia, and we are sharing our thoughts on this year's undrafted free agent class. And it's now time to dive a little bit deeper here. And Steve, uh, we just kind of covered our favorite prospects each. But again, I want to take a moment to kind of share some thoughts on some additional players that I believe Mm -hmm. and we believe Bears fans should be paying attention to throughout OTA's training camp this preseason. And go ahead, who's going to be that next guy for you? Uh, yeah, the next guy for me has got to be Emmanuel Hall. Um, and I know a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of Bears fans have been a lot, really excited about him, uh, as they should be. Um, he's super athletic. Um, he had one of the best combines. I think we might have mentioned him on the uh, combine uh, winners and losers. Uh, but he's got four three nine speed, uh, super athletic burst athleticism. Um, he can take the top off the defense. He's a true deep threat, which the Bears have not really had really since, well, I don't know, Johnny Knox. I don't know. Maybe, they, maybe I'm missing someone, but it's definitely been a while. Um, I know Taylor Gabriel's fast, but he's not as tall. But, um, but yeah, you can take the top off the defense. He's really good at tracking the ball over his shoulder. Um, he can start and stop on a dime. Um, he's not the best route runner, uh, which I'll get into a little bit. But um, if he's able to, he doesn't really need to be a great route runner until in order to be uh, successful. So, I mean, if you're gonna, he's kind of a bit of a one-trick pony in the fact that he runs mostly just a nine route go route. But if you're going to be a run trick pony, make it that trick because he's really good at it and it's really important to have in an offense. Um, so just having him on the field open up, opens up the intermediate routes, underneath routes for other receivers. Um, he's never going to be a guy who catches 100 balls in a season, um, but he can be a guy who catches 40 to 50 balls for 750 to 1,000 yards, something like that. So he's not going to be a high-volume guy, but he's going to be a big play guy, which is what the Bears need. Um 
So just some things he needs to work on. He really didn't run a diverse route tree in college. Like I said, he did, might not need to be successful to do that to be successful in the pros, but he can help himself if he does. If he really just ran goes post and slants, and that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, needs to include. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Improve his route running. He's not really a contested catch kind of guy. He's not going to go up, jump, and use that 43-inch vertical leap to jump over people. He's more of a body catcher, um, not much of a hands catcher. So it does lead to some drops. Uh, but overall, it's the big plays you want out of him, so you can handle a few drops here and there as long as he catches you an 80-yard touchdown every now and then. Do you have any uh, like an inkling on in how he would fare? Because we know already that the Bears wide receiver group, that unit is probably the deepest has ever been in the history of this franchise, honestly, as you're looking at that group. How do you yeah. think? How do you feel about his chances to make the roster, make the practice squad? They did sign Marvin Hall as well this year, which is another kind of flyer mm-hmm. type of wide receiver. I'm just curious your thoughts there. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why he wasn't my number one most exciting uh, because I don't really know if he's going to make even make the roster just because, like you said, the Bears wide receivers room is stacked. So, yeah, he's going to be competing with Marvin Hall and who provides more special teams value probably he's going to be competing with Javon Williams who already has a year in the system. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think he definitely has a chance because he offers something that maybe other receivers don't offer, but I would say it's most likely a practice squad. And, and like I said, he does have the drop issue. So I know people are really excited about him, but I think we might need to temper our expectations just a little bit. Um, he might be a guy who's maybe down the road uh, can provide something, but in year one, I think he's more of a practice squad guy. All right. Uh, for me, another player that's really like intriguing me right now is that Matthew Betts from U Sports up in Canada because I just want to start by highlighting the fact that he is the only player in U Sport football history uh, to want to win four major individual awards. He won the 2015, I'm not going to try to pronounce all these French names, trophy <laughs> for the most outstanding rookie. Uh, also 2016, 27, and 2018, uh, he won the award for most outstanding down lineman. He's also a two-time Veneer Cup champion, so obviously he knows how to, uh, what it takes uh, as a program to win championships. Uh, so to me, him coming to Chicago shows yet again that Ryan Pace loves bringing in talent that can dominate at their level of competition. Uh, and like I mentioned, he knows how to win championships. That's an added bonus. He plays with a high motor. Uh, he has a variety of rush moves in order to kind of get the job done. Uh, and mm-hmm. speaking of the high motor, I saw a play where he was going after the quarterback in the backfield who was able to get rid of the ball. So he turned up field and was able to chase down the wide receiver and the secondary to make that tackle. That's impressive. And with the Bears needing all of that edge help. I'm curious to see exactly where he's going to fit and how well he performs in camp. And like I mentioned in the preseason, because if he can start having flashes and maybe outperform or outflash guys like Isaiah Irving or Kylie Fitz, he's going to make a very interesting case to make this roster. And if he gets at least close, 
then again, we're going to maybe have a battle on our hands with another practice squad candidate here. Uh, so I think he's on that shortlist to be a very prime candidate to at least make the practice squad with that outside chance of actually making the roster. If he can uh, find a way to uproot like an Isaiah Irving or even a Kylie Fitz, which I believe is within the realm of possibility given what we've seen out of at least Isaiah Irving in the past, which is a very limited ceiling. And I think, Steve, you would agree. Is there anything mm-hmm. else? I know that you and I were talking a little bit um, about bets before we went live. Is there anything else that you wanted to bring up about him? Yeah, a few things. Did you read my notes? Because you kind of got got it verbatim when I have written down. He did pretty good. <laughs> uh, but another thing I'll just add is, um, yeah, the biggest question mark is with him is just his level of competition. So, you know, how does that translate to the pros? But one thing that will translate is athleticism. So I just want to go over a little bit of some of his uh, pro day sure. numbers. Um, he had a he ran a 40-yard dash of 4.7 seconds, which is respectable given his size. Um, that would have ranked fourth at the actual combine among edge defenders, so pretty good. Uh, short shuttle 4.28, that also would have ranked fourth at the combine. Uh, three cone, a pretty ridiculous three cone um, drill of 6.77 seconds, which would have been the best among edge rushers at the combine. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so that that caught my eye. And then a broad jump of um, nine nine feet nine inches, which would have been sixth. So he, he uh, proved at his pro day that he has the athleticism to match up with other edge defenders. So. I'm really excited about him. Like you kind of covered it with how he's going to make the roster. Maybe he's practice squad guy at first, but I think he has a legit chance. It sounds like it. We're going to tweet that out tonight, how he would have compared in the combine, because that's really mm-hmm. intriguing. Yeah. All right. So is there anyone else in your middle tier that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, one other guy I liked, uh, we'll just cover quick. I actually like this guy before the draft was Chuck Harris from Buffalo, another edge player. Um, so I'll just cover. Uh, he, he, he's another guy who he's more power than speed, but he does have a little bit of ability to bend the corner. So I like him a lot. I don't know if they want to maybe have him add some weight because he's already 264 pounds. They might have him bulk up to be a five technique or if they plan on using him on the edge. But but he's a guy I liked a lot. Um, again, raw, but he generated a pressure on 14.4% of his snaps last season, which was actually um, higher than some of the edge rushers that were drafted. So so I think he's got some potential, and you can't go wrong with Buffalo edge defenders. I've always said that. Why? Is there someone like really good that came from that school that I just can't think of right now? There might be one guy. I, I can't think of his name. Uh, I would look it up, but my Mac is very slow right now, so I'm not able to, <laughs> not able to go through my browsers as we're streaming this show. But uh, honestly, no, this is a great pedigree to come from when you're following the footsteps of Khalil. Um, but with Chuck Harris, actually, he's on my deep sleeper list, so I have a couple more stats. Uh, his sure. sacks per game increased by 77% from his junior to senior season. Obviously, uh, he is a like diamond in the rough potential. He's getting better, so it's kind of uh, for when I see a 77% jump between a junior and a senior year. Uh, to me, that shows someone who is still getting better and hasn't reached her prime. They haven't plateaued yet, so that's a big reason why I think the Bears are excited about him. They did have a private meeting during the whole draft process with him, and obviously he did enough in that meeting to impress them to bring him here to Chicago. And he did have six sacks in his first game, uh, five games last year before going down to an injury. I do believe that we talked about just now with Betts, how he dominated his level of competition. Mm-hmm. Harris didn't do that so much. He's still a raw prospect, and I think that's the difference between a Harris and a Betts because Harris mm-hmm. is in the MAC, and he wasn't really uh, dominating to a degree in which you would anticipate someone coming to the pros. But with his talents, I think that this is still a very intriguing prospect nevertheless. 
Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, with these with these guys, you want to they're just lottery tickets. So you want to take a chance on ascending players. And he's like you said, he increased the sacks. I forget what seventy seven percent or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And, and he increased the sack every sack total every year. So he's an ascending player. Um, maybe he never turns out, but I think he it was it's worth the risk uh, on Chuck Harris. The minimal risk that there is with yeah, undrafted very little free agents. Risk. And the thing is, I know we have roughly the same, you know, five to six guys that we wanted to talk about today, which makes sense. I mean, we didn't want to talk about it beforehand because I figured let's just have this be organic, see who each of us really mm-hmm. are intrigued by. And uh, the fact that Ryan Pace hits on these guys so often and he doesn't need to hit on them like he had to in the past uh, gives these guys a little bit of an extra of a buffer, a little bit less pressure off the get-go. And these are guys who really can develop to be contributors on this team and for a team that is coming up to uh, some contract situations, you're kind of Trubisky and Jackson and Cohen and that draft class as a whole, and of course some other veterans on this team, finding guys right here that would be able to step in in a year or two uh, with a relative low cost is huge uh, for the long-term success. And I believe when Ryan Pace says, hey, we're going to build this team through the draft, this is an extension of it. This is not mm-hmm. separate. Undrafted free agents for Ryan Pace is an extension of the draft, and that's why he's so aggressive in it. Don't you agree? Yeah, and he was talking about undrafted free agents before the draft was even over. He was getting excited about signing them. So, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely an extension of the draft, and that's how you should be approaching these guys. Um, like I said, I, I I count the Bears as having seven draft picks because two of the guys they signed probably should have been drafted, or maybe even three of them should have been drafted. So, yeah, hey, that's a good way. Like We had limited draft capital, yet we found a way to come out with seven or eight picks this year. Pretty incredible. Right. Definitely. All right, getting into our sleepers, I only have one left that's on my list, and that's going to be Clifton Duck. Someone, I know you said you had a first-round name. I think I'm quoting you right. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Best this, name in the draft. <laughs> this dude, I mean, he's a ball hawk, okay, or maybe mm. it's ball duck at this point, but that's okay. Uh, he had 19 pass deflections, 12 interceptions over his career at App State. Uh, on top of those ball skills, he's known for being a student in the game. He credits a lot of his big-time plays to film study and putting in the work off the field. Again, this is another guy who I can see making it on the practice squad, uh, especially if maybe Duke Shelley makes the active roster, or maybe he doesn't end up panning out. To me, this is a good alternative option uh, because, you know, Duke Shelley has a lot of potential. We talked about that in that podcast. But just in case he doesn't pan out, or maybe Buster Screen doesn't pan out to the degree that they anticipate, having a guy like Clifton Duck, who's a smaller corner, uh, who can play the nickel uh, perhaps pretty well if you give him some time here. And again, Bryce Callahan who just left was an undrafted free agent guy who really held down that nickel spot. It took him a couple years to, you know, progress to that point, stay healthy to prove it, but he still was in the same kind of situation that Clifton Duck is here now. Uh, so for me, this was a very strong option to bring into camp, see what you have in him, see if you can find a spot for him for the future of this team. Because again, at this point, what's the uh, what's there's really no risk of not doing it. So for me, I like Clifton Duck. Uh, he again, smaller school, dominated. Let's see what he can do here in the pros. Love that the Bears brought him in to give him a chance. How about you? Do you have any other deep sleepers or any fun facts on any of the other guys that you want to mention? I got one other guy, but I just want to mention before we move on from Clifton Duck that slot corner is a position where you can you, you can routinely find guys as an undrafted free agents. You mentioned Bryce Callahan, but Bryce Callahan's uh, new teammate right now, Chris Harris, one of the best slot corners in the league, was also an undrafted free agent. So it's a position where you can really find a diamond in the rough. Mm. Um, but my guy, um, the guy I like, probably a deep sleeper, is Georgia Southern's tight end Ellis Richardson. So. The thing that intrigued me about him is because he was he doesn't have a lot of experience at the position. He was a quarterback um, in college at um, um, Southern Georgia um, his freshman year before transferring to Georgia Southern to, and switching to tight end. So he's only got a few years as a tight end, didn't have a lot of production 
didn't see the field a lot. But it's someone they, I mean, they signed as an undrafted free agent, so they obviously they could have just brought him in as a uh, as a camp tryout, but they actually signed into a contract, so they have to obviously see something about him. So he's someone who might we might want to keep an eye out for. Uh, best case scenario is obviously the practice squad. He's not going to has he, no chance of making the roster, but maybe some guy you can stash on the practice squad for a few years. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Steve, this is your chance now or never, or now until training camp. Anything else about any of these guys? Anything you're paying attention to? Perhaps throughout rookie minicamp for me, we haven't talked about them because a lot of these we didn't even mention the guys that are coming in on a tryout basis. But it does appear mm-hmm. that Ryan Pace may be listening because I've been saying it for a couple of weeks where after the draft end, bring in every undrafted kicker you can to camp. And they're bringing in, I think, five and then six yeah. if you count the guy that they actually signed. So five on a tryout. Another one, plus the three or four they already have now. So I think we're up to 10 kickers, which I think that's where I said I want the Bears to be at. So this is getting really interesting at that position. Yeah, hey, you can't say they aren't trying to fix the problem because 10 kickers is a lot. I don't know how they're going to handle that uh, during tryouts and everything. But, hey, I'm glad they're doing something because they obviously uh, have a big hole to fill there. It has to be an uh, NFL record, right? I would guess so. 10 kickers, (laughs) like I, I... can't imagine a team's ever had more than that. But the guy that did sign is John Barron um, out of San Diego State, and I do like him too. Um, one thing that stood out was he was 5-for-5 five five from 50-plus this past year. So um, that's impressive. He's got a big leg. He was only one of three from you know, he was from 40 to 49 and, and missed five field goals on the season. So I don't know how he was 5-for-5 five five from 50-plus, but he's an intriguing leg to keep an eye on in that battle. Answers my question. I was going to ask, how is he from 43? And that answered it. There you go. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, training camp, mini camp, OTAs uh, that's on your mind as you're looking at this, the the list. I think we've done a pretty good job of covering uh, a very relatively little known group of guys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we I think we covered the guys that are worth talking about right now. But uh, yeah, during a mini camp, they'll probably sign one or two or three guys. Um, so keep an eye out for that, and maybe we'll have an, another emergency pod when they make those those signings. <laughs> really. <laughs> got it you gotta talk about everyone you're right you're right that's what we do here at the chicago audible but hey you know we talked about the guys that are on our list on our radar and every year there's someone else between now and training camp that's going to create a bunch of buzz for himself and by the time july Absolutely. gets here we're going to be very excited to go watch so for me mm-hmm. i'm looking for that sleeper i'm looking for that dark horse to kind of uh, rear its head as we kind of get through this portion of the off season All righty. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Chicago Audible. I want to thank you, Steve, for, of course, taking the time to hop on to talk about these UDFAs. I want to thank everyone who took the time to watch or listen to the show. We really do appreciate it. We would not be here without your support. We'll be back soon, but until then, bear down, Chicago. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.